0: You've seen their TV shows. You've watched
1: their webcasts. Now, the boys invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears once again. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James again.
2: Hello once again.
1: Coming up on today's show, we actually have a TV recap to do. Yes. We kind of forgot about it, but it is a thing. It didn't air on TV, per se.
2: Oh, are we really going to go there? Well what we're... constitutes TV now though, Joe, is Amazon Prime TV, is Netflix TV. Are you saying that YouTube is not TV? It aired on none of
1: those things. Well YouTube, yes, which by the way anyone can help. Doesn't matter. No, we're not going there. We did do the commentary <laughs> for a very bizarre Brazilian soccer themed charity match with Neymar and Gerard Piquet and Andrea Cari. And guess what we got? Andrea Cari. He is on the show with us today. Wouldn't that have been awesome? With Neymar on the show. No, we have Neymar's friend, Andre Akari. He is on the <laughs> show today. The most positive man in poker. I
2: don't consider Andre to be second best here. I love a bit of Andre Akari. Such a great guy. And really interested in getting his perspective, not just on playing in this game, and, spoiler alert, winning this game, but also Andre did a Twitch stream where he actually did Portuguese commentary over the same edited highlights that we did the English language commentary for. I have to say, I thought this was a lot of fun to watch. And if you haven't seen both parts on the PokéStars YouTube channel, they're there.
1: Yeah, and we'll be uh, chatting about that in more depth later on in the show. Uh, (laughs) We'll also be talking about Get ready for it, guys. Get ready for the weird flex. Are you covering up the screen so you don't see me flex?
2: Yes, please don't do that.
1: But I had a little home game at my house. I had a few people that I think are pretty cool. You might not think they're cool, but I think they're cool. I'll tell you who they were later in the show. Super fan versus Stapes this week is Nicholas Besser. And we are doing the Shaw fucking Shank Redemption. Everyone's favorite movie who's never had an original <laughs> thought in their head. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. I know it's your oh, favorite movie, Joe. but it's everyone's favorite movie before they learn to start thinking for themselves. I don't know why I'm being such a dick right now, but that is that you kind of you
2: get what I'm saying, though, right? I do. I will just counteract that, though, with there are worse films to pick as your favorite movie.
1: Definitely. It was just look, I went to film school, as did you. I know you went a little bit before me, James, but when I went to film school, everybody's favorite movies were The Big Lebowski, The Shawshank Redemption, The Usual Suspects. That was it. Like that was like it, you weren't like allowed in. And so I just kind of it's a it's a really fun, cute movie. I think it, on the surface, it is just one of those movies that really average people
2: think is brilliant. <laughs> and that's it. Moving on. OK, what else
1: we got? We got we got a little bit more movie. Talk yeah, we do. Week.
2: Because on Sunday night, it was the <clears throat> BAFTA Film Awards, uh, which was such a shit show. First of all. And I still can't believe that in the year 2019 this is a thing. This ceremony is not shown live on TV. It happens early evening, and they then. Why do you think it should be live? Because by the time it comes on TV at nine o'clock, anyone who is across any social media channel or has looked at any news website already knows who's won. Okay, so you, so it was spoiled for you a little bit. That, and also, I don't think it needs to be cut down anymore. I think we've reached a stage now with award shows where they run at a fast enough pace. People don't get too overindulgent with their acceptance speeches. Speak
1: for yourself. I'll get to the Oscars when you're done talking about the BAFTAs, but uh, maybe for the BAFTAs that applies. But
2: But first of all, the fact that it's not live is a disgrace. Um, Here's a funny story then. At the end of the ceremony, once the show is over, they then have, and now here are the highlights, of BAFTAs that were awarded earlier, i.e. all the technical categories that they think are too boring to include in the main ceremony. But they'd allowed a two-hour broadcast window for the BAFTAs. And clearly, because the acceptance speeches were short, it had run l- shorter than they thought it was going to. So some of the other Oscars, like Best Foreign Language Film and Best Costume Design, made it into the main T V broadcast. Are
1: American movies considered best foreign language films? They're in included the no
2: they're included in the main categories, Bar there British you. film. But <laughs> no one told the guy, cutting the montage at the end, that they put those awards back in. So yeah, we still had <laughs> and now awards that were handed out earlier in the evening. It's like didn't we see this already? <laughs> oh, I'm man. pretty sure that Alfonso Juaron's acceptance speech for best foreign language film was already in the main show. So I guess the award for editing won't be going to this year's BAFTAs. No. Uh, the other <laughs> award it won't be winning is best host. Joanna Lumley, who I'm a huge fan of, was horribly unfunny. I blame- Is she the, one of the...
1: Uh, French? No, she's not French and Saunders, but she looks like one of them, You're right? thinking
2: of Absolutely Fabulous because she starred in that with Jennifer Saunders.
1: Okay, that is her.
2: Okay. Um, I don't blame her, by the way. I blame the comedy writers who, by the way, should not be allowed to call themselves comedy writers. In her opening monologue, every joke fell so flat to deafening silence. And there was an awful moment where she made a joke about... Uh, You know Steve Coogan and John C. Riley, then this Lauren Hardy movie? Yeah. And so she does this joke about Steve Coogan helping her get changed before the show. Uh, That's another fine dress you got me into. And the camera is on Steve Coogan at that point, and he just looks at the camera and winces. And he spoke for every single person watching the show at that moment. But the other big headline of the night is that it was a huge night for Roma which just seems to have all the momentum right now. I mentioned it won Best Foreign Language Film, but also won Best Film. It won Best Director. It won Best Cinematography. And I'm really starting to feel sorry for your lookalike, Bradley Cooper, because about three months ago, (laughs) everyone expected A Star is Born to sweep the board at every award show going, and it ran out of steam pretty much the moment the Golden Globes were done. And it's now going to be lucky to get a couple of awards for its music and its songs, yeah, um, do you think
1: that uh, that Bradley Cooper's like, fucking Netflix, this is bullshit. This did not come out in a movie theater.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's having that same conversation that we had at the start of the show. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, Rami Malek, I reckon, is a shoo-in, by the way, for Best Actor at the Oscars, for playing Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, in his acceptance speech, I think he mentioned every single person involved in the movie Bar-Brian Singer, for obvious reasons. But I'm really pleased that he gave a shout-out to Dexter Fletcher. And I know we referenced this Before on the podcast. Um, After Brian Singer got kicked off the production, Dexter Fletcher was brought in to finish principal photography and oversee post production. The Directors Guild ruled that Brian Singer should get the director's credit because he was on set for more of the movie. I think that was a stupid decision. Nothing to do with any accusations thrown at Brian Singer in the wake of that It's more about the fact that I firmly believe that where a movie is made where it's constructed where it's crafted is in the edit It's during post-production and the guy who oversaw that post-production process Deserves more of a director credit than the guy who called action and cut on set um, but it seems that the uh, Motion Picture Academy Arts and Sciences, whatever the fuck they're called, don't consider editing to be that important, Joe.
1: Yeah, that's. Uh, I feel like the BAFTAs are a, another great metaphor for the UK versus the USA, like in so many other areas, like where the UK like does kind of a bad job at something, yeah. and then we just do it so much worse. So, like, you want to fuck up the BAFTAs? Hold on, hold my Oscar. Because, <laughs> like, at least... At least a foreign language film made it into the broadcast at all, even in the montage at the end. What are they? They're not showing editing and cinematography. They decided I mean, this year, just like disgraceful. And uh, you know the conspiracy theory behind this, right? No. So the Oscars air on ABC, right. which is owned by Disney, and Disney does not have a movie nominated in any of those categories. Oh come on!
2: I I figure it's more about the fact that the. People putting together the TV broadcast just think these are awards that the general viewer doesn't give a shit about. They just want I mean, to stars. you cannot
1: be a movie fan and not care. Look, I can get it. Like if cinematography is not your thing, but you don't, you still, <laughs> you still gotta watch the movie. There's still film in the fucking camera. I know,
2: quote unquote. I know.
1: It's it's very very bizarre. Um, I have a feeling they're gonna change it because of the backlash, but also right, it's going hostless this year as well, right? I believe that is the case, yeah. Yeah, so I'm interested to see how that pans out. I haven't watched the Oscars in a very long time. I'm unlikely to watch it this year. I am interested to watch Roma because of all the things I heard about it. But I wanted to talk really quick, if we have time, about the the Rami Malek thing. I just don't like how the biopic people, like, it just ends up being I know such a slam dunk every year. I don't think it is particularly hard to do, like, a... A two hour long impression of somebody
2: I call it the impersonation award Um, I know what you're saying but I do think he's a very talented actor Um, Yeah for sure And he's certainly in terms of Like bringing Freddie Mercury back to life As it were I, I haven't seen the film But in every clip I've seen I've thought wow Inspired casting um, but is there anyone else in that category who you think is being deprived of an award because he's who, winning? Who else is in there? Is Bradley Cooper? Bradley right? Cooper is kind of, I guess, the other contender. And uh, many people have said he is b- the best thing about the movie. That you know, Lady Gaga is fine, but Bradley Cooper is the standout star of that film.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't, like I, s- I don't really care anyway, so I'm not going to bother getting all fired up about it.
2: Um, let's just quickly run through a few tweets that came in in the last few days after the release of the previous episode. Ricky Guan, rated GTO, was the guest, and Ricky actually tweeted that he's won a tournament in back-to-back days since being on the podcast, and he's decided that the two of us deserve most of the credit for bestowing all the run good upon me.
1: I miss that. It used to be like you could take credit if you had just interviewed somebody or if they'd just been like a guest on your podcast. You could be like, podcast run good. And we haven't really had any cause to use that for a while. So congratulations. Rated, uh, rated, rated. What was he? What did he say? The Grand Republican Party rated GRP.
2: (laughs) Um, Kai thought the last episode was a great podcast. Uh, We did ask who you'd like to hear interviewed on your show. And Kai, would like to hear from Vanessa Cade. Being a female poker player, I would like to hear Vanessa's story. Let's put her on the list, Joe.
1: I'm in. I'll most certainly ask Vanessa Cade. uh, James, after the show, let me know when the next gap is we have for a guest,
2: and I'll holler at your girl. Uh, We also ask people to uh, show us some love. Thank you to Zachary Hoyt. I want all six of my followers on Twitter to know Poker in the Ears is a fire podcast. I don't know if he meant to write fine or he thinks we're on fire. Either way, I'll take the compliment, and I hope that your six followers appreciated it.
1: If it's not an emoji, I don't understand anymore.
2: Uh, Scott Young says, guess what, Joe? Jeff Walsh just got me to subscribe to Poker in the Ears. Love it. You wanted that to happen, and it's happened. I
1: did. Thank you, Jeff Walsh. Jeff has always been very supportive, a talented poker writer. You should check out some of Jeff's stuff. He's always uh, got his finger on the pulse of what's going on in the poker world. Thank you, Jeff.
2: And I just quickly, I meant to do this last week, so apologies, Chad, but old Chad McVean, who every week will tweet the highlights of the podcast and try and get people to listen. I know he does this for every single poker podcast out there, but we still appreciate it, Chad. Yeah,
1: of course. Um, Thank you, Chad.
2: I don't know if you saw, Joe, but Lex won another MTT at the weekend. I don't consider this to be poker news, by the way. It happens all the time now. It's the norm. So he doesn't get the jingle and he doesn't get the song. So
1: business, business question for you, right? Like, on the one hand, it's good for poker stars, for their streamers to win, keep winning events. But at a certain point, like, won't people start looking at it and be like, well, if Lex is just going to win every tournament, like, why am I even going to play?
2: Fortunately, there's more than one MTT a week. But it was the bigger (laughs) 109 this weekend that Lex chopped for just shy of 20K. I mean, he's just putting up some amazing results right now. And not just... In terms of caches and wins, but also in terms of views and subs, so things are working for him on both fronts as a poker player and as a streamer.
1: Yeah, it's absolute fucking bullshit. One or the other, Lex. Okay, you can't have all of the audience and win everything.
2: I'm detecting a note of bitterness in your voice this week, Joe. About everything. How is selling action for Bay 101 going? Because I get, okay, imp- well, I'm getting the impression that that, that maybe it's not as uh, as easy as you may have thought it was.
1: No, I think it will be easy. Uh, look, it's not. It's obviously not sold out. I think it's maybe like a third sold. But one of the things that uh, so I am selling it online. You guys can contact me later if you guys want to get in touch. Because I one thing is I made it that you can only buy small pieces. Okay. Um. So that someone, I didn't want someone to like swoop in and just buy the whole thing because I want anyone that wants a sweat in this thing to have one. Uh. It's. I don't know if I mentioned before I did, but just to reiterate, it's a 0% markup. You're getting a one-to-one ratio. Uh, So I just want everyone to be playing along with me. I want it to be a good time. Uh, Maria Ho, Christy Arnett, uh, fellow named Zach Kareem have all uh, bought pieces. I mean, Maria, I sold her a big piece. Maria is, uh, she wanted 15%. Maria's like, I have a lot of faith in you. I think you know a lot more about poker than you give yourself credit for. Um, But, I'm, what I am a little bitter about is that Lon McCarron is sold out already for this thing. And what the guys told me who are helping me sell the action, he says most of the time people don't sell out to the last minute because folks don't want their money. You know, this tournament's over a month away. So right. folks don't want their money tied up for over a month with it not doing anything. They'd rather take a piece of
2: someone who's playing right now. I need, the, I need the action right now. Unless right this it's second. that trusty horse Lon McCarron.
1: Right, exactly. Now, Lon, obviously, being the you know the, the dunker that he is, the absolute superstar that he is, has sold out right away. James, I'm going to give you a small free roll. Ooh. Now, James and I of, often swap 10%. Is it 10 we do? We normally do 10, yeah. And James, I've literally never paid out ever. James has paid out a few times, a handful of times. I don't think I can offer you a 10% no. free roll in a 5,200, but I will offer you... Let's say 1%. I oh, think that's I can more do, than generous, I, Joe. I think I can do 1%. Um, if you were to take a piece of me, if you had seen how well I played in my home game two nights ago, I did lose money. But I should have lost a lot more. Okay. Um, so I decided, so after playing at Josh's house a couple of weeks ago, Josh was like, Josh Molina. Sorry. There's no way I can do this by the way, without sounding like a fucking name dropping douche. So whatever. It's fine. Um, Take a drink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Josh Molina's house. I, I ran into those guys again at a charity tournament the next week. And a bunch of them were like, yeah, we wish we could play more often. And I was like, look, well, you guys have houses and families. And you know, when you want to have a game at your house, you kind of got to coordinate and schedule it. I don't have that. i kind of just do what I want to do. And I have a kind of a poker room. James, you can see behind me like this room is pretty much just my office and a poker table. So I was like, I can do it uh, at my place. Would you guys be willing? They all live in Santa Monica, right? in like the rich part of town, I live in Hollywood in the, I wouldn't say the poor part of town, but definitely not the like the family suburb part of town. And they're all like, "Yeah." So, on like a couple of Mondays ago, I put out an email to like a dozen or so people, and by like around nine a.m., by eleven a.m., I had nine yeses. Cool. Um. So I decided to have a little two, two dollar, three dollar blinds game. Uh, starting stack three hundred dollars was the buy, and then you could reload up to five hundred. Uh, Josh Molina came. The other creator of Celebrity Poker Showdown, Andrew Hill Newman came. Uh, an actor from a show called Blackage, Peter McKenzie came. A couple other actors, Ashton Holmes. I don't know if you remember him, James, from History of Violence, yes. played the teenage son. Uh, and my old friend Scott Huff happened to be in town, so I had um, I had all these folks come. And as usual, James, I don't know if you've ever played in these games. Even though it's a two-three game,
2: oh, it gets it's big like fast.
1: yeah, it's like opening raises to 15 most of the time. So then, you Three know, bet pot to 50, all in. Yeah, it, like I think we had it all in by like the third or fourth hand. Of course you did. And I don't, I don't know how to fix this. I'm thinking maybe next time I do it, I just make it a one-two game and let people buy in for the same amount. But at least people won't raise to fifteen pre-flop. They'll probably raise, hopefully, to, to like 12. ten. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> ten or twelve. But and so these pots get really big. And I'll say this, James. Josh Molina is like a pretty good poker player. He's very aggressive. He knows how to put the pressure on me. I'm not, like, big on calling bets for $75 on the turn when I bought him for $300. Like, uh, it's just not – that's not how I like to play poker. So he was winning quite a bit, got into a huge cooler with Huff, and ended up doubling Huff up in, like, a – I, I want to say, like, $1,500 pot. Jesus. Um, we did – so anyway, the reason I say if you saw the way that I played uh, is that I – made so many big correct folds on later streets uh one of which being uh during a bomb pot now do you know about bomb pots yes basically if you guys don't know about bomb pots it's like if if the action starts to slow down a little bit and people are playing tight and it's late at night on a monday someone will go how about a bomb pot so in our bomb pots everyone was putting in 15 pre-flop and we had the option that when it, since you had a huge advantage at a bomb pot to be on the button, even a bigger advantage than normal, we were saying that everyone could call one bomb pot on their button uh, throughout the course of the night. And on my button, I called for a bomb pot, but I decided that since I was on the button, I wasn't going to look at my
2: cards. There's no reason to look at your cards okay. before the flop, and except for the fact— You said that this was meant to be about how well you played not looking at your cards, I would argue that's not optimal. Just wait for it. Okay. So
1: I had lost all the bomb pots up until this point. um,
2: Again, this is not sending a positive message to your investors.
1: No, me lost. And and like, I just not, you know, I nothing. I had to fold uh, after the flop. So on this particular bomb pot, it came, uh, it came two clubs, King high, two clubs, and it was a $15 bet on the flop. And so I decided that I was just going to call without looking at my cards again, just, just for funsies. And then on the turn, uh, Josh Molina bet $160.
2: That's a sizable bet.
1: Yes. And I had bought him for 300 I was like up and down in that 300 the whole night. I think at this point I probably had like
2: $400 in front of me. And So in this particular situation, what was the turn card? Was it a third club by any chance? The third, it was not a club. Okay, but you still uh, haven't looked I, at your cards at this point.
1: I had not looked at my cards, but it is, I remember now, it was two clubs, and there was a five and a six on board uh, at King High. So, Huff tanks for a little while, and I still haven't looked at my cards. finally gets to me, and I look down, and the first card I look at is the Ace of Clubs. Nice. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go, because if it's a club under there, I don't think I can fold. Uh, but if it's not, I think I can pretty easily. And then I look at the other card, and it's an ace. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, god damn it. Why did I fucking play it this way? If I had known I had two aces on the flop, I could have raised. I could, I wouldn't be in this position. And I'm not much of a tanker, but I tanked uh, for quite a while. And all I want to do is show everybody. Now, there's one other player to act behind me, and then Josh was first to act. So, All I want to do is show my hand. Ashton Holmes hadn't uh, hadn't acted yet, and so I'm like, "What do I do here? I don't know what the hell to do." I was like, "At least about another club, it's a much easier decision, right? Like, it just can I can just like call and pray." But like with aces, like I'm not even going to improve. But I think my chances of having the best hand already, obviously, are much higher. And I eventually do make the fold. Ashton Holmes folds. Scott have folded as well. Scott had pocket jacks. Wow. He folded and Josh showed five, six for two pair. Uh, he, he turned a second pair. I folded that. I made another fold with top pair of an ace King later in the night, which was correct. Another fold of two pair with ten eight. I made a straight on the river and foolishly raised. Someone had a flush, but I just had so many strong hands that got uh that got beat that i was really proud of myself and the table was rather impressed too i will say i don't think they're particularly hard to impress like there were obviously no real professional poker players there or gto players so uh, i was proud that i did not uh go broke at any point here's the problem though james everyone stayed till 2 a.m on a monday which i think is the sign of like a pretty good game for sure that that we had here um but here's the problem is that it wasn't as bad as the last time I ran a cash game. But when you run a cash game at your house, when you go to cash everybody out, that's the real gut check time because mistakes happen. Chips are flying everywhere the whole night. And the last time I did a cash game, I was like $200 short when I went cashing everybody out. This week, it was nearly even. Like I don't know what it was, but like I wasn't like any significant amount short. I will say this. The dealer, we had this kid come deal. Uh, Nika, one of my friends, came and we led her stepson deal. He made
2: $300. In tips? Yeah. You should have In volunteered tips. the deal. The other thing is you need Jimmy the Bastard to run your home game, dude, because I guarantee you every chip will equate to $1.
1: I want Jimmy the Bastard for the bookkeeping, but I don't want Jimmy the Bastard for like when there's a slight misdeal and everyone goes, hey, look, no one's looked at their cards yet. Can we just deal two more cards out to the guy we missed? Yes, absolutely. Joey the, what's the opposite of the Bastard? Joey the Pushover is like, yeah, just put out two more cards. Who
2: gives a fuck? Um, Melina, the one orbit penalty.
1: <laughs> exactly. I can't have you here yelling at. I was a little, a couple of times Huff tanked for like a really long time. Like, and I was like, come on, dude, don't don't do this to me not in front of my hollywood friends um and one thing i'm not sure if we mentioned or not so andrew hill newman the guy that created celebrity poker Showdown with josh yes uh he's in the grand oh really yeah he is the dealer in the grand and he said that when we you know i want it's weird that i haven't seen the grand have you seen it
2: i still haven't seen it well we're gonna we're gonna do a thing aren't we we're gonna at one point and it, it's come up in conversation so many times over the last two years. And we did say that next time we do a podcast about a poker movie, we would do the grand. So is he volunteering to come on the show?
1: Yes, he will absolutely Fantastic. come on the show. And he's he's got great anecdotes because this movie is one of those like improvised movies. And so there's right. even
2: more fun behind the scenes stories than usual. Okay, well, that's one for the future. Uh, next week, though, or the next podcast, I should say, we're going to do um, uh, a TV analysis rather than movie analysis and right now we're going to do a tv recap about one of our own shows tv recap the neymar charity special parts one and two now available on the pokestars youtube channel
1: Uh, this was a strange one um this like came out of nowhere. I didn't even know we had filmed it. All of a sudden someday it was like
2: I think it took place in Barcelona before you even arrived. It was a real rush job because it was two days before our live stream started, so we had to get everything rigged and set up and ready to go really quickly because it was a last minute thing.
1: It was kinda of like, Oh, we got these guys and they're yeah. willing to do it. Let's just let's get some cameras on them. Pretty much. Uh, and so I look, I think that it's this is again, this is also weird for me because I can recognize that Neymar and Gerard Piquet are like two of the most famous people in the world, but because I don't follow soccer or speak Spanish or Brazilian or Portuguese or any of the, I mean, yeah, there you are know, a You know, Brazilian
2: of, isn't a language, right? That was just a bit. Please tell me that was a bit.
1: Of course it's a bit. Although I, I have to check. Brazilian Portuguese is slightly sure. different than than uh, the porch of Spain's Portuguese. Um it was a little bit hard to follow what these guys were talking about. Also, I think for them, right? Because they're speaking multiple languages at the table. Uh, this Despite all that, this still felt really, really fun.
2: Yeah. Well, let's get the insights of someone who was at that table playing with these stars. Someone who must have one of the best lives in the world, right? Hanging out with these guys. It's got to be.
1: I mean, to be look, I know Andre's like kind of a family man so maybe he doesn't get to live the lifestyle with them but he's got to have some stories we got
2: to get something out of him well let's welcome back to the podcast making his second appearance on poker in the ears andre akari from team poker stars pro welcome andre
3: Hey, thank you, buddy. Thank you for having me here.
2: I think we have to thank you because I know you've just flown halfway around the world. You've missed connections. (laughs) You're jet-lagged. It's early in the morning where you are. You have agreed to do this. We are very grateful. And we understand that the price we have to pay is one drink.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. At least one drink, man. Come on. (laughs) I want Poland right now. You know, Poland is like uh, 300 hours from Brazil.
1: Look, I- I'm perfectly fine to do that drink in Poland. My guess is it's going to be pretty cheap there.
3: Yeah, it's pretty cheap. This country is amazing, right? We can drink like a lot here and spend like $10. I love the fact
2: well, that at this time of the year, most people try to get away from cold countries to go to warm countries, and you're doing it in reverse.
3: Yeah, exactly. No, but I'm here because I have a Counter-Strike team uh, named Furia, and we are playing the Major uh, like the World Cup of Counter Strike, so I'm here to watch them. Yeah.
1: Hold on a second. What 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 don't what aren't you involved in? You're involved with <laughs> soccer, poker, and also Counter Strike. Are you like a Counter Strike? No, I Sorry? never.
3: I never was involved in, in soccer, man. Just I just root for soccer. <laughs> I don't have anything in work related with soccer. I just have work related with esports. It's electronic sports.
1: Well, how did I mean? How did that whole thing start? You know, the reason we're talking today is because of this uh, sort of uh, soccer charity match that happened. Like, how did you get uh, hooked up with these guys in the first place?
3: Well, like oh, two years ago, I was in Brazil and uh, and uh, we are we were. I always play Counter Strike with Neymar and all all my friends in Brazil, and then one of the Counter Strike professional. Uh, player in Brazil, he looked for me and said, hey, come on, let's invest on Counter-Strike. It's a a kind of e-sport that's growing a lot in Brazil and around the world, so we can make some money on that. And then I decided to invest it, and now I'm completely addicted on that. It's incredible, man.
2: That's awesome. I mean, the, the, I guess the soccer part of your life, Andre, is the fact that you get to hang out with the likes of Neymar. You've streamed with Neymar. You've played with Neymar. This game in Barcelona that happened last year, it seemed yeah. to be a bit of a last-minute thing. It's like all these people are here. Let's play a game. Uh, let's put it on the kind of TV table, and let's try and make shows out of it.
3: Yeah, exactly. It happened just like that. Like uh, We are friends, you know, like, uh, so we keep playing uh every time that we meet each other we we want to play we want to play poker we want to play csgo we want to play something and then when we were in barcelona he asked me hey come on let's try to organize some some poker game uh pk is here as well coutinho arthur so let's try to do something then i talked to poker stars and everything happened so it was amazing
2: It was pretty cool to watch, I have to say. Often when these things come together and people at the table are having fun, sometimes the people playing are having a much better experience than the people watching. But in this (laughs) case, it was a real joy to watch you guys, and I could tell that the atmosphere at the table, I think what I like most about it is everyone is having fun, but
3: everyone is being hyper-competitive. Yeah, exactly. Every time that we play together, is like that, you know, like uh, Neymar, it's, he hates to lose. Uh, he's so competitive and we keep making jokes each other. Uh, Gio and Joe, we are playing, every time they're playing Counter-Strike online, is the same. Like uh, we bet, we bet if somebody loses, we have to post something on Instagram and then we play for life, you know, like everybody want to win. Uh, and was the same in Barcelona when we play poker. So it was exactly the same. But at the same time, that everybody wanna win, we, we are always having fun. You know, like always making jokes. So it's nice. But uh, I agree with you. Like it's much better to play than watch because <laughs> there is a lot of there is a lot of in- uh, like inside jokes and you know? also it's sometimes it's hard to understand that.
2: Yeah, and I understand that sometimes they're speaking Portuguese to each other. Sometimes they're speaking Spanish to each other. Do you speak yeah. both
3: languages? <laughs> Yeah, no, I speak Portuguese, but in Spanish, I, I try. I'm not so good. I try like I try English. I'm not so good at both of them. Ah,
2: trust me, you are more proficient in English than I will ever be in any other language. <laughs> um,
3: I actually have a question
1: when you say all these guys are competitive. When you're playing w- poker with with Neymar, you know, one of the most famous people in the world, and you say he's very competitive, he hates lose. Does anybody ever lose on purpose to Neymar just to uh, just to keep him happy?
3: No, no, from from our our friends like our group, nobody wanna lose to him because he he he's really like uh, he sucks when he loses and then when he wins, you no, know? <laughs> he keep like uh, two days in a row texting you and saying shit to you, say hey, on, you loser, <laughs> fuck you, and then say fuck man, I don't wanna lose to this guy, And you know? also, <laughs> we already are playing like, uh, of course we, I at least on my case, I don't play for real, you know, like uh, I don't want to play serious making poker faces and things like that, but I don't want to lose at all. I want to win.
2: I know a game like this, André, is not really about the strategy, but when you have this macho rivalry between all the footballers as the pro at the table, is your strategy just to sit back and let these guys go at it and then kind of pick up the pieces on the edges?
3: Yeah, on my case, like uh, if I, uh, it's it's almost a lose-lose situation for me, you know, because if I win, i'm the professional who is taking their money if i lose i'm i suck on poker <laughs> so it's terrible for me you know. like a, but uh but i try to mix things make like a fun and try to play a little bit uh, good and if i win or if i get like the heads up or three-handed then i start to play for real that's that's a strategy that i take when i play on his house and i play on in Brazil or in Paris and was the same in Barcelona and that's what happened here and the
2: narrative I mean it was almost like scripted for TV you know PK goes deep Neymar goes deep you get heads up against Neymar just to talk about Neymar's play for a second I mean he runs pretty golden in this I mean luck definitely favors him but also
3: his play is pretty solid he seems to have a strong understanding of the game Every every game that he plays is like that. He's uh, besides the part that he doesn't want to lose anything. He always want to improve. You know, it's unbelievable. He always wanna wanna learn something. He keep texting me, text me like, uh, "Hey, Akari, I have it. Jack under the gun. So the flop was uh, nine five 2s <laughs> What should I do? And uh, what's the size bet that I have to use?" So that's that's incredible because he 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 improves a lot. Every week in poker, in CS:GO, in everything that he plays, so he's he's kind of addicted to to play good anything that he wanna play. So he he does he never wanna play for, just for fun. He always wanna wanna learn something and wanna improve something. So it's great. Does he ever wanna challenge you to really high stakes? Yeah, like uh, the the expression "big money" for him is different than us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh, he for him like a. Uh, doesn't matter if he's playing against his father, me, and his friends in his house. He played like 100% serious. And if he wanna, if he's playing for a 25k tournament, he's playing the same way. But he never talked to me about playing like a $100,000 tournament. But if I invite him and if he's available, he would play for sure. Now, on
2: the flip side of Neymar's accomplishments at the poker table, I don't want to criticize anyone. But Sergio Garcia, we've had him playing our events now for nearly 10 years, and he still makes really, really bad
3: decisions.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, like I know, I don't play with Sergio a lot. I play like a, two times with him in Bahamas and and then in Barcelona. Uh, the difference, like in that table at least in Barcelona, the difference between all of the players and Sergio is was like a, Sergio was playing. F- seriously you know like uh, for real he doesn't want to make a lot of jokes he was kind of water and then i don't know uh the the things doesn't go in this way on his way yeah. like, but, like uh, i think that he was he was trying to play f- seriously like uh, he was asking me some tough questions and say hey man oh man i suck i did that move with 10 queen i should do it the opposite way, and then in the other side, Neymar was kind of smiling all the time, and Piquet was smiling all the time, and sometimes good energy brings some good things in poker.
2: Now we already broadcast the spoiler that you win this game, Andre. <laughs> uh, what happened when the last card was dealt, and after the cameras started rolling, did everyone continue hanging out, or did those guys have to get back to training the next day and had to be in bed by tea time?
3: So we spend a night like uh, in Barcelona. What's this amazing? Like Barcelona is incredible. Uh, we have some shots, and then in the next day starts everything again. He, they wake up like 7:30 and went to the practice. Nine uh, nine in Paris. They fly. Uh, Neymar fly to Paris. Piquet was practicing Barcelona. But uh, what what was fun? I don't know if you saw that. In the last card and, uh, and the heads up was we were betting again we are always betting you know like uh, we bet like uh, what the color of the turn and what the color of the river and for 1k dollar So and, uh, Sick puppies. like uh, i won the tournament but neymar won both bets so <laughs> i suck
1: <laughs> plus it's charity is winning obviously in the main thing so the only person who lost it sounds like is
3: you yeah, exactly. Yeah. So all the money goes to the charity, and then I had to pay Neymar personally. Now, here's a little behind-the-scenes production story, Joe.
2: I don't know if you're aware of this, but... Most of the chat, as we've already referenced, was a mixture of Portuguese and Spanish. And for the international audience, it was important to get all that chat subtitled because, let's be honest, people want to know what the guys at the table are saying. They're not interested in the commentary. And there wasn't really much yeah. work for Joe and I to do because there were very few gaps for us to to, to call the action.
1: It was great.
2: Uh, so we used to send transcripts of everything that's said at the tables away. Translations come back. We put the subtitles on. And Andre, bless him, volunteers to sit and watch 90 minutes of poker and fix all the mistakes in the subtitles. I guess sometimes it was unclear whether it was Spanish, whether it was Portuguese, but obviously these guys are throwing around a lot of slang expressions, poker lingo, which we know if you don't play the game, you're not necessarily going to understand. And Andre, thank you so much for ensuring that at least it kind of makes sense to an international. But when
3: we we played that, I I was pretty sure that it would happen, you know, because uh, all these guys, all these soccer guys, they they use a lot of expressions, so it's really hard to understand. It's really hard to understand the meaning of that, because sometimes they use the same word that any translator would would use, but it's in completely different scenario. So I knew that I would happen, and it was my pleasure to that. No worry about. It.
2: And of course, Brazil got to see the premiere of this sit and go uh, because you streamed it. On Twitch, I think either just after Christmas or in the New Year. How did it go down with the Portuguese fans?
3: It was amazing. It was amazing. They love it, man. It was great.
2: Uh, has Neymar had a chance to watch it back and study it and, yeah, and run solvers question.
3: on some of the hands that he played? I don't, know if, like, I don't know if he studied that, but he used that a lot. You know, in WhatsApp group that we have, he was making a lot of jokes against Gio, you know, Cebola, his friend. So yeah. he, like, uh, three days in a row after I... I streaming that he was making jokes and she was so upset and like uh, calling bad names. So it was was great.
1: That's so fun that they get to be sort of competitive on and off the field that they have that sort of uh, rivalry. It just it just adds a whole new dimension to like being fans of those guys
3: yeah you have no idea man. you have no idea how many bats we do in poker and like side bets, but always not involved in money, always involved like sending uh, send some weird pictures, doing some weird exercise uh, on instagram and and they hate you that for these guys, it's not about money anymore. you know it's about like uh, how can hey, how can they hurt any? Anyone (laughs) like doing some
1: weird stuff? (laughs) Is it ever something so weird that uh, they could potentially sort of, if the if the photos ever got out or anything like that, would it
3: be trouble? Like uh, if 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 Neymar lose his cell phone we would have like a hurricane online <laughs> <laughs>
2: like
3: uh, thanks god he's keeping his cell phone safe so far but <laughs> would be terrible and uh, at least in my cell phone i have something as well so if he loses his cell phone i can use my against oh, him.
2: that's the other thing we should reference joe the amount of instagramming that was going on during this game not just at the start not just kind yeah, of midway through, huge, right? but every other hand someone's instagramming something
1: <laughs> They're just like us, James. The, the, the most famous people in the world are complete idiots, just like we
3: are. Joe, Joe, let's do it this way. The next time that we meet each other, let me know, and then I' am gonna show you some Neymar videos that you cannot show anyone. So, okay, uh, you're I'm gonna in give in a great all... time. You're gonna see. <laughs>
1: I am so in.
3: So you're gonna see Neymar in a way that it, nobody sees every day.
1: Now I know that you're uh, that you're a bit of a family man. If you weren't, uh, do you think you would have a, a a different experience hanging out with these guys? Like, are you able to participate in all of the the goofy things that they do?
3: No, no, I have a lot of time with my family here. But like, uh, when I when I spend some time with these guys, I try to be a hundred percent with them, having fun. But. Uh, it's, unfortunately, it's not all the time, you know, but, uh, but even yeah, when, I, when, I, when even uh, we spend a lot of time online, you know, because we we play Counter-Strike every day, at least one hour a day. So this is the one hour of the day that we make all the jokes, all the videos and all this stuff. And then and we play poker live, like we play in Barcelona, it's the time to meet each other live and then like uh, all, the, all the jokes become real so it's 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 Uh great time but it's not a lot of time every month
1: that's uh that's so fun i'm just very i'm just very jealous of this whole situation
3: so next time you guys play counter strike or no
1: i am not i think i've tried it once or twice I, i to be fair, like, I, th- I figured that it was all about the Fortnite and the Alpha Legend, but Counter-Strike, there's still a lot of people playing, huh? Yeah, it's yeah, still a, a big lot,
2: competitive a game.
1: But
3: if I've... you guys want to play, like, uh, try to play sometime, and then you'll like, let me know, and then I invite you to play with us. There is no doubt in my mind that I will suck at this game. No, but don't worry, man. I suck as well. So we've got to be together. On we'll this. suck together. We're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. But it's not about, about playing. It's about have fun, so... If you guys like if- learn to play, let me know, and we're going to play.
1: If I get quiet right now, just because I'm already downloading Counter-Strike.
3: <laughs> 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 oh, it's amazing. It's a great game. you know. Like It's like poker. Poker is amazing. Counter-Strike is great as well. Joe,
2: what ridiculousness do you have planned for Andre before we let him go?
1: All right. So, Andre, you know I like to play a game with most of the guests when they're on the show, and I know that for you that English is not your first language, so I try to make this one. Uh, it's a its a classic game I've okay. played many times. It's just called Good for Poker, Bad for Poker, and all you got to do is I'm going to say something out loud, and okay. you say whether or not you think it's good for poker or bad yeah. for poker. Okay? Perfect. Okay. Okay. Sheldon Adelson, good for poker, bad for poker? Who? Yeah, he's bad for poker. Just say bad. It's okay. Bad for poker. Bad for poker. He's bad. Agreed. Bad for poker. Yeah, yeah. Question question two. You can't get this one wrong. Young Sheldon, the new CBS sitcom. Good for poker or bad for poker? Bad for poker. Agreed. Totally agreed. Question three. Reentry tournaments. Good for poker, bad for poker?
3: Uh, one reentry, good for poker. But more reentry, bad for poker.
1: There it is. Straight from Andre Akari's mouth. Question four, return of the Jedi. Good for poker, bad for poker. Great for poker. (laughs) Great for poker. Question five, six plus Hold'em. Good for poker, bad for poker.
3: Good for poker.
1: There it is, question six. (laughs) Six six plus dating standards, meaning only dating people who are sixes or higher.
3: (laughs) That's good for poker.
1: Totally agree. Good for poker. The keto diet. Good for poker. Bad for poker.
3: Bad for poker.
1: Bad for poker. Ooh, interesting. Question number eight. The keto diet. Good for poker. Bad for poker. That's based on a guy named Kato Kalen who lived on a guy's couch and would only uh, mooch food out of the refrigerator. That's good for poker. Good for (laughs) poker. Okay. We're down to just two questions here. Big Blind Ante. Good for poker. Bad for poker. Good for poker. Good for poker. Finally, question 10. Big butts. Good for poker. Bad for poker.
3: Amazing for poker.
1: Amazing for poker. There it is. Andrea (laughs) Kari, good for poker, bad for poker. Thanks so much for being on the show, buddy. We love you.
3: Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thanks a lot, guys.
2: Poker in the ears. Just before we move on, Joe, I am reminded of the fact that Andre appeared in this new social media competition that we've been running this week Uh, in conjunction with the Turbo series, Pros Under Pressure. And I have received an advanced screening of the episode featuring Joe Stapleton. I don't quite know how you managed to work your way into a feature called Pros Under Pressure, but well done. You don't particularly look under pressure because while everyone else, be that Andre, Chris Moneymaker, Daniel Negreanu, is standing in their best professional-to-camera pose, you're stood there with a coffee... Treating it like the whole thing's a huge joke.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, I know that I do have memory problems in general. i Is this something that I agreed to be in?
2: You are asked a series of questions about your life, and the audience have to try and work out how many, in advance of seeing the video, you will get correct. I can't spoil it. So I'm not going to say, I can't say whether Joe nailed it or didn't nail it. All I will say is the aforementioned memory problems, which we've just proved in this very podcast, (laughs) means you should probably take the under.
1: (laughs) I remember now. Okay. (laughs) I remember this was in the Bahamas, right?
2: It was in the Bahamas. Well done. Well done. Yes, that's where you were a whole month ago. I wouldn't mind if it was filmed in like, I don't know, Barcelona or Monte Carlo last year. It was a fucking month ago
1: i don't think anyone told me what the piece was called i think they just said we're doing this thing can you and look because i just say yes to everything so i'm like yeah sure whatever can i drink my coffee great here
2: we go <laughs> so watch out for those videos on the pokestars twitter channel chance to win turbo series tickets uh, and a chance to win prizes now at Fan time one of them loves the ept knows it inside out and would do anything for the european poker tour the other one is joe stapleton it's Superfan versus Stapes. So this week, we welcome to Poker in the Ears, Nicholas Besser. Greetings, Nicholas. Good morning. How you all doing today? What is up, Nick? Uh,
0: nothing much. Just sitting here. Got, got a little time off at of work. So uh, just as a pl- pleasure to talk to you both. Is this some Canadian time off from work? Uh no, it's American. Uh, started work at six a.m. this morning. So, where are you working? Where are you living? Give me some deets. All right. Um, I'm a financial analyst. Uh, working at a uh, defense contractor. Uh, wow. here in the states. Um, and uh, live in beautiful Florida. So unfortunately, it's more like London right now. Fifty nine degrees and raining.
1: Okay, so you're a financial analyst for a defense contractor. Does that mean that you are looking at
2: some rather large numbers most of the time? Sometimes. Is it bad that I immediately thought of that Jonah Hull movie, War Dogs? Ooh. No. <laughs> okay. That, that...
0: I actually think of Nick Cage in uh, Lord of War, I think. I think that's the one, right?
2: Okay, yes. Yeah, I know the one you mean. Um, just <laughs> to give you a weather comparison... Nicholas, in London right now, the sun is shining into my eyes. I'm not going to pretend that it's warm, but it is certainly not raining. There's not a cloud in the sky. Uh, jealous. <laughs> um, obviously, living in the state of Florida, I'm afraid that you cannot compete. For an EPT Sochi satellite ticket for the second week running, we have an American superfan, which means we're going to have to drag out the swag box and see what we can offer as an upgrade on the Stars socks. Should Nicholas Besser do better than Joe Stapleton in a Shawshank Redemption themed quiz? Why did you pick this movie, Nicholas?
0: Um, It's one of those movies to where I've always, whenever it comes on TV, I always stop and watch it and Irritates my wife, and I'm just, <laughs> I'm just surprised no one has picked this one since it's such a, it's just such a riveting tale of uh, every uh, with uh, Tim Robbins and uh, Morgan Freeman.
1: So I think that maybe people haven't chosen this one yet because we have obviously fewer American super fans competing due to the uh, the state of online poker and I don't think it airs
2: 24 hours a day in Europe the way it does in America. It doesn't but it does have a huge following and certainly like in the States it had a pretty quiet opening at cinemas and really came alive when people discovered it on home video in the years that followed and many people do consider it to be their greatest film which I know Joe Stapleton Um, (laughs) would you describe as your favorite film Nicholas or is it just a film you like
0: Uh, it's it's just a film that I like I mean this is I think one of the desert island films if I ever got stranded this was one of them I would take because it it's just a story that doesn't get old
1: Yes, I, mean, I think it's, it's great for Desert Island because, you know, it's a story of escape.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a story of hope and inspiration as well as some rather dark, depressing moments as well. Many people feel that the Shawshank Redemption should have won the Best Picture Oscar that year. I still think Pulp Fiction Should have got it. I do think Pulp Fiction probably will stand the test of time as Quentin Tarantino's greatest achievement. Um, Certainly, both films deserve the Oscar a lot more than the right wing nonsense that actually won the Academy Award that (laughs) year. Uh, I'm not even going to mention it by name. So, Nicholas, Patrick the intern, was tasked with compiling a quiz based on The Shawshank Redemption. This is one of Patrick's favourite films, and he decided to go slightly off piste, and Patrick decided to get creative. And do you know what? I like it. Instead of numbering the questions 1 through 10, he's done it as a school exam, and each question is a different subject that you would normally find on the school syllabus. You have mathematics, economics, geology, English, music, PE, history, geography, animal studies... Or media studies.
1: Before I get really angry at this approach, because I eventually will, I'm just going to say, great job, Patrick. I love you thinking outside the bun, and I appreciate that. I
2: I will say that that penultimate subject, animal studies, I don't think there is any school on the planet that offers that as a subject. Uh, (laughs) What subject would you like, if you can remember any of them, Nicholas?
0: Uh, Well, since I'm a finance guy, let's go with math. Let's go with math.
2: Uh, Okay, as per... If you can get it without the options, two points. If you need the choices, the score reduces to one point. What was Red's nominal interest markup on his smuggling business? 20%. 20% for two points. And Joe? You get to I'm gonna try category.
1: to I'm gonna try to steal economics from Nick uh, because if I can get him there, then maybe some of the other categories where I, where I'm a favorite, I
2: can also get those. Okay, I like this. Uh, I like the psychology, which is not actually a subject. Economics. How much does Red charge Andy to get the rock hammer? I'm gonna need choices. Five bucks. Seven dollars. Ten dollars. Fifteen dollars. Seven dollars. Incorrect. It was a ten dollar hammer. It was seven dollars
0: uh, at the rock and gem store, and then with the markup, it's twenty. It's uh, ten bucks.
2: I have no chance. Okay, you were advised by Patrick to rewatch the movie, Joe. Yes, uh, I know. Eight categories remain, Nicholas. Do you need a reminder? Of any of them?
0: Uh, let's go with uh, animal studies.
2: Animal studies. Okay. What do Shawshank inmates refer to new prisoners as?
0: Fresh fish.
2: Fresh fish for two points. Son of a. Mm. Joe, pick a subject. Uh was was social studies in there? No, media studies is though. Let's do media studies. Okay, this is a nice softball. Which actor does Andy originally ask for a poster of? Uh, wait. So it's not the one he ends up with. The poster does change over the years, but who is the original performer? Who is the original movie star that Andy asked for a poster of? I'll take the choices. Is it Catherine Hepburn, Judy Garland, Rita Hayworth, or Lana Turner? Rita Hayworth. Correct for one point. Woo! I can't believe you had to take the options there.
1: I look. I, I was. I was a little
2: confused. Uh, by the question, that's all. Uh, and here's a hashtag fun fact, not from Patrick, but from me. Uh, did you know that the Finnish title for The Shawshank Redemption directly translates as Rita Hayworth: The Path to Freedom? I think it's that, in a, in a bunch of countries, that she ends up in the actual title. I think in the original book, it's it's Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption is the original story. If memory serves me correctly. Yeah, yeah.
0: that. Yeah, uh, uh, another. Uh, interesting tidbit is that uh, they thought Rita Hayworth was going to be like a lead part of this whole thing. So a lot of actresses tried to uh, try out for it.
2: Oh, cool. Do I, I, you know what? I'm almost tempted to give you another point for that hashtag fun fact. But <laughs> he doesn't need it. You Stop don't it. need it, Nicholas. The score is already weighted one side as it is. Uh, geology, English, music, PE, history or geography? Let's go geography. Geography. Where does Andy tell Red he would go if he ever got out? San Juan Tanejo, Mexico. Correct. For two
3: points.
2: (laughs) Nick, you're awesome, man. Uh, Just just pick one, James. Okay, let's try English. What is the name of the librarian's pet crow?
1: I'm going to go. I'm going to take a guess here. I'm going to go without the choices.
2: Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Incorrect. And as the options haven't been taken, you can steal, Nicholas. Jake. Jake the Crow for two points. <laughs> and it's your question, Nicholas. Which category would you like now? I
1: like uh, that dude. I guess something like a literary reference, but it's not even a crow. It's a raven. <laughs> and and, and, and Edgar Allan Poe. Like, that was really dumb. That was so dumb. Uh, can you give me
2: the categories? Sure. Geology, music, PE, or history? Uh, let's go history. History. Which year did Andy get sent to prison? Ooh. Let's
0: see. Um, it would let's see. Red went to prison 1927. He got he got his 20 year rejection the day Andy came. So it would be 1947.
2: Well worked out, sir. Two points are yours. Nice. Uh, I'll go with geology. Geology for Joe. How does Red describe the subject, geology? Uh, go on. You want the options, do you? Does he describe it as the study of pressure and time, the study of dead material, the study of things best left alone, or the study of rocks? Pressure and time. Correct, for one point. Final round, music or P.E., Nicholas? Let's go P.E. What sport did Andy's wife's lover used to play? He was a golf pro. He was a golf pro for two points. And, Joe, that means you get music. When Andy plays opera over the speakers, how many weeks punishment does he get for it?
1: Four weeks punishment.
2: Nicholas, you can steal. He gets two weeks in the hole. Correct. He does indeed. Uh, The final score, I said it was slightly one-sided. Fourteen points to Nicholas, Two points to Joe. Woo! Congratulations, Nicholas Besser. You did do better than Joe Stapleton. You have won this week's edition of Superfan versus Staples. Uh, you will get some star socks, and I think think we managed to unearth during our recent move from one London office to another a lost chop Pot hoodie. So do you know what? We are able to send you a chop Pot hoodie.
1: Wow!
0: Wow! That wow! I am. I thought those things.
1: Oh, wow! I'm going to have to sell that one on eBay. Wow! I can't wait till there's some, like, gigantic, like, covert black ops war in some small country you've never heard of, and one of the (laughs) fucking guys is wearing a chop pot hoodie. (laughs) Uh, I'll send you a picture.
2: Nicholas, thank you very (laughs) much for coming on the show, and congrats once again.
0: Uh, Thank you guys very much. Keep up the excellent work. Love love listening to you all.
1: All right, my babies, we are almost out of time for this week's show. Uh, coming up next week, James is going skiing?
2: Yeah, we're taking a week off. Uh, you'll have to wait two weeks for episode 145 as the podcast takes its winter break.
1: Is it bad that I can't picture you doing anything athletic at all And the thought of you on skis? like I just picture you just being like a stick that breaks.
2: We had this conversation last year before I went <laughs> skiing. You made exactly I the same comment. I have not broken yet. And touch wood, I will not break this year either. I don't
1: want you to break either. It's just, I, I got to, can you get some video, please? Sure. Of you on skis. I would just, that would tickle me. Uh, when we come back after James comes back in one piece from skiing, uh, we'll have poker news, obviously, to cover. Uh, but we are going to uh, to attack something that's not exactly poker related, but sort of is. Brian Koppelman is a dude Wrote the movie Rounders. I wouldn't even say arguably the best poker movie of all time. Pretty much inarguably the best poker movie of all time. Uh, Rounders. uh, Billions is a television show created by that guy. Uh, I have never seen it. James has and uh, is into it. I have never seen it. And it's high time that I do because Brian's been very supportive of us. And I'm pretty sure if we do a bunch of Billions episodes, we can get Brian to come on the show
2: so i like the way your mind's at no absolutely and i should point out that there is poker in billions i think there's an episode in the second season which is about a high stakes poker game um but it is a very good show if you have not seen it, it is well worth your time there are three seasons in total so i guess over the course of the next three episodes we will break down seasons one two and three just in time for season four to come back to tv
1: Exactly. And I'm hoping that that little plug for watching season four will get Brian on the show. So I'm going to start watching Billions. If you haven't watched Billions, you start watching Billions in two weeks. We're going to try to break down season one of that show. We will also check in on my staking action or lack thereof if uh, Mm. if we're still uh, I don't know what I'll have to do. We'll see. Well, I'm not panicking yet. You got a couple of weeks off uh, or at least one week off to subscribe like and comment on the show. Be like Jeff Walsh. Get someone who you know who likes poker to start listening in 2019. It's still early on in the year. And uh, look, there's lots to follow along with. It's an interactive show. So tweet at us. Use that hashtag poker in the ears if you have ideas for guests. And once we start talking about these shows, that weigh in with your opinions as well. I'm perfectly happy uh, for someone if you got a hot take on Shawshank Redemption. If you got a little factoid, a little tidbit about any of the things we're about to discuss, please get in touch with us. But that is all the time we have got for this week's show. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.